0: SECTION 2 OF A dissertation ON THE INSPIRATION OF THE NEW TESTAMENT BY PHILIP Doddridge. THIS LIBRIVOX RECORDING IS IN THE PUBLIC DOMAIN. IN WHICH, 2, I AM TO SHOW HOW EVIDENTLY THE FULL INSPIRATION OF THE NEW TESTAMENT IN THE SENSE STATED ABOVE FOLLOWS FROM THE ACKNOWLEDGED TRUTH OF THE HISTORY WHICH IT CONTAINS IN ALL ITS LEADING AND MOST IMPORTANT FACTS but before i proceed to the discussion of the matter i must beg leave to observe that though this is what i apprehend to be the grand argument and that which may most properly be connected with an exposition of the historical books i am very far from slighting those other arguments which fall not so directly in my way here i greatly revere the testimony of the primitive christian writers not only to the real existence of the sacred books in those early days but also to their divine original their persuasion of which most evidently appears from the veneration with which they speak of them, even while miraculous gifts remained in the church, and consequently an exact attendance to a written rule might seem less absolutely necessary, and the authority of the inferior teachers might approach nearer to that of the apostles. I believe every candid reader will acknowledge that nothing can be objected to many strong passages in Clemens Romanus, Polycarp, Justin Martyr, Irenaeus, Theophilus and Clemens Alexandrinus, Tertullian Origen, Eusebius, and some other ancient writers he has mentioned that are now lost. It is needless to produce them here after those valuable specimens of them which Dr. Whitby and Monsieur Dupin have given, and especially considering what my learned friend Dr. Lardner has with so much industry and accuracy of judgment collected on this head, in the second part of his credibility of the gospel history. I shall therefore content myself with observing here that several of the most learned and considerable of these ancients speak of this veneration for the sacred writings of the New Testament, not as the result of their own private judgment, but as that in which all the churches were unanimously agreed. The internal characters of divine inspiration, with which every page of the new testament abounds do also deserve our attentive notice and render the book itself if considered as detached from all external evidence whatsoever a compendious demonstration of its own sacred original and consequently of the certainty of that religion which it teaches the excellency of its doctrines the spirituality and elevation of its design the majesty and simplicity of its style the agreement of its parts in the most unsuspicious manner with its more than human efficacy on the hearts and consciences of men do all concur to give us a very high idea of the new testament and i am persuaded that the wiser and better any man is and the more familiarly he converses with these unequalled books the more he will be struck with this evidence but these things in the general are better felt than expressed and several of the arguments arise not from particular passages but from the general tenor of the books and consequently they cannot be judged of but by a serious and attentive perusal Dismissing, therefore, these topics, not with neglect, but with the sincerest expressions of just and high veneration, I now proceed to that grand proof of the inspiration of the New Testament, which is derived from the credibility of its leading facts, which, having so fully illustrated in the sermons referred to above, I think I have a just title to assume as the foundation of what further reasonings may occur admitting this great principle it is undeniably certain that jesus of nazareth was a most extraordinary person that after having been foretold by many prophets in distant periods of time he was at length agreeably to the repeated declaration of an angel first to a priest ministering at the golden altar in the temple and then to his mother conceived by a virgin of david's family that his birth was proclaimed by a choir of angels who celebrated it in celestial anthems, as the foundation of peace on earth, and the most glorious display of divine benevolence to men, that before his public appearance a person greater than any of the prophets, and whose birth had also been foretold by an angel, was sent to prepare his way, that on his being baptized he was anointed with a wonderful effusion of the Spirit, poured down upon him by a visible symbol, and that the efficacy of this sacred agent continually residing in him was apparent throughout the whole course of his ministry, not only in the unspotted sanctity of his life, amidst a thousand most violent temptations, and in the bright assemblages of virtues and graces which shone in it with a luster before unknown, and since absolutely unparalleled but also in a multitude of various works of wonder and mercy which he miraculously wrought on those whose diseases were of the most desperate and incurable nature and even on the dead whom that almighty voice of his which had driven out the fiercest infernal spirits and calmed the rage of the tempests did with serene majesty awaken into life as from a slumber it is also on the same foundation certain that this illustrious person having by the malice of his enemies been most unjustly and cruelly put to death did on the third day arise from the dead and that after having given to his disciples the most abundant proofs of that important fact he at length ascended to heaven gradually in their sight angels appearing to assure them that he should as visibly descend from thence to the universal judgment the administration of which he had declared to be committed to him i must freely declare that had i been an entire stranger to the sacred story and proceeded no further in it than this supposing me firmly to have believed all these wonderful things though delivered in the shortest abstract that could have been made of them i should readily have concluded that this extraordinary person being sent as it plainly appears from the history that he was with a divine revelation for the benefit of all nations and of all ages had taken care to leave some authentic records of the doctrine which he taught. And if I had further found that he had left no such records written by himself, I should naturally have concluded that he took effectual care that some of his followers should be enabled to deliver down to posterity the system of religion which he taught, in the most accurate manner, with all such extraordinary assistance from God as the nature of the subject required, in order to rendering their accounts exact." And I believe every reasonable man would draw this inference, because it is very apparent that the great end of this vast and astonishing apparatus, for vast and astonishing it would appear if what relates to Jesus alone were taken into the survey, must, in the nature of things, be frustrated if no such records were provided, it being morally impossible that unwritten tradition should convey a system of religion pure and uncorrupted, even to the next generation, and much more that it should so convey it to the end of time. And it would seem, so far as we can judge, by no means worthy the divine wisdom to suffer the good effects of such a great and noble plan to be lost, for want of so easy an expedient, especially since men in the age and country in which these things happened were not only blessed with the use of letters, but were remarkable for their application of them, and for great proficiency in various branches of learning and if I should not only have an abstract of this history of Jesus which I judged credible, but should also be so happy as to have the four Gospels in my hand, with convincing evidences of their being genuine, which we here suppose, I should on these principles assuredly argue that not only the leading facts, but likewise the system of doctrines and discourses delivered in them, might entirely be depended upon nor could I conceive the truth of such doctrines and discourses to be separable from the general truth of the leading facts referred to above, having, as I here suppose, proper evidences to convince me that the penmen of these books were the persons by whom the memory of these events was to be delivered down to posterity, which is a further principle that none of common sense and modesty can pretend to contest, none appearing as their competitors, whose pretensions are worthy to be named." but my apprehension of the full authenticness and credibility of these writers would on the supposition i am here making greatly increase as i proceeded to that excellent and useful book which the good providence of god has now given me an opportunity of illustrating the acts of the holy apostles since i learned from thence that in a very few days after the ascension of jesus into heaven the spirit of god was according to his promise poured out upon his apostles in an abundant manner attended with the visible appearance of a lambent celestial flame and that in consequence of this amazing unction the poor fishermen of galilee and their companions were in a moment enabled to speak with the greatest readiness and propriety latin greek arabic coptic persic and a variety of other languages, the first rudiments of which they had never learnt, and also to perform all kinds of miracles, equal to those of their master, and in some circumstances superior to them. My veneration for the writings of these men, and I here suppose I know those of the New Testament to be so, must be unparalleled when I think who and what they were, and i am so struck with this plain but divinely powerful argument that i must entreat my reader to review with me a little more particularly some of the actions and circumstances of these holy men to whose writings i am labouring to conciliate his unreserved regard let them all be considered as preaching the gospel in that extraordinary manner on the day of pentecost and a few days after when some of their companions had been seized and threatened by the Sanhedrin, as anointed again with such an effusion of the Spirit, as shook the very house in which they were, and inspired them all at once with the same sublime hymn of praise. Let them be considered as afterwards led out of prison by an angel, and commanded by him to go and preach the gospel in the temple under the remarkable phraseology of the words of this life." as if the whole life and happiness of the human race depended on their knowing and receiving it. Nor let us here forget that extraordinary power common to all the apostles of communicating the miraculous gifts of the Spirit by the imposition of their hands. Had we nothing particular to say of any one more than these grand things which we hear of them all, it must surely command our reverence to their writings, and set them at a vast distance from any of merely human original but through the singular providence of god it hath so happened that we have the most particular history of the lives of those apostles to whose writings we are generally most indebted i mean john peter and paul with respect to john we know that besides the concern he had in the cure of the lame man he was favoured with the visions of god in the isle of patmos where our lord after an abode of more than half a century on the throne of his glory at his father's right hand did him the unequalled honour to use him as his amanuensis or secretary expressly dictating to him the letters he was pleased to send to the seven churches in asia How easily, then, may we suppose him so to have presided over his other writings, as to have secured him from mistakes in them. Consider Peter as striking Ananias and Sapphira dead with a word, as curing, by the like powerful word, one cripple at Jerusalem, and another at Lydda, and calling back Dorcas even from the dead. Let us view him in that grand circumstance of being marked out so particularly by an angel to Cornelius, and sent to him as the oracle of God himself, from whom that worthy and honourable person was to hear words by which he and all his house should be saved. And after this let us view him as once more delivered out of the hand of Herod, and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews, by an angel who struck off his chains and opened the doors of his prison the very night before he was to have been executed. And let any one with these particulars in his eye, added to the foregoing, in which he shared with all his brethren, say what more could be necessary to prove the divine inspiration of what he taught, so far as inspiration was requisite, to render it entirely authentic. Or let any one further say, upon what imaginable pretense the authority of his writings can be denied, if that of his preaching be granted." and to mention no more let paul that great scribe instructed in the kingdom of heaven to whose pen we owe so many invaluable epistles be considered in the same view and let us endeavour to impress our minds with the various scenes through which we know he passed and the distinguished favours with which his master honoured him that we may judge how we are to receive the instruction of his pen let us therefore think of him as so miraculously called by the voice of christ to the profession of his gospel when he was persecuting it even to the death as receiving a full and distinct revelation of that glorious but to him quite unknown gospel by the immediate inspiration of its divine author which is a fact he expressly witnesses and in which he could not possibly be mistaken think of the lustres of those astonishing works which shone round him wherever he went and of those wrought in his favour which showed him so eminently the care of heaven demons ejected distempers cured sometimes with a touch and sometimes without it by a garment sent from him to the patient his motions guided from place to place by a divine oracle elemis struck blind for opposing him his bands loosed by an earthquake his strength and vigour instantaneously restored when the rage of the mutable and barbarous populace at lystra had stoned him and left him for dead and to add no more his safety in a shipwreck with that of near three hundred more in the same vessel for his sake promised by an angel and accomplished without the loss of a single person when they had expected nothing but a universal ruin let us i say think of paul in these circumstances and with these facts full in our view let us judge whether it is at all probable yea whether it be morally possible that a man sent out and attended with such credentials as these should be so left of god amidst all these tokens of his constant care as to mingle error with sound doctrine and his own fancies with the divine revelations which we are sure he received or whether if he were not left to such effects of human frailty in his preaching but might have been regarded by his hearers with entire credit he would be left to them in those writings by which he was as it were to preach to all future generations of men from one end of the world to the other and by which being dead he yet speaketh in all languages and to all christian assemblies I cannot forbear thinking this plain argument, so well adapted to popular use, abundantly sufficient to carry conviction to every candid mind, in proportion to the degree of its attention and penetration. I am almost afraid that some should think I have bestowed an unnecessary labour, thus particularly to state a matter, which hath such a flood of light poured in upon it from almost every page of the sacred story." but i have been obliged in the course of this exposition to meditate much on these facts and under the deep impression i could not but speak as out of the fulness of my heart yet after all i have already said i should be very unjust to this argument if i did not endeavour to represent to my reader how much it is strengthened on the one hand by the express and comprehensive promises which our redeemer made to his apostles and on the other by the peculiar language in which the apostles themselves speak of their preaching and writings and the high regard they challenge to each a regard which nothing could justify them in demanding but a consciousness that they were indeed under a full inspiration end of section two